welcome again back to another episode of the Ocean Fields podcast. Today I've got a guest called Trent Mikalef. He's uh, a photographer based down on the south coast of New South Wales in Ulladulla of all places. Ulladulla. Um, Trent is an awesome bloke. He's probably one of the nicest guys I've met. He is a legend of a bloke, um, a great photographer, and he also does a lot of video. So we have a chat today about a few things. We chat about his time uh, moving on from the Navy and what he's doing now. Okay, but before I go too much further, I need to thank the sponsor of this episode. Now, this is going to be a little bit awkward because... Uh, the sponsor of this episode is actually a business that I'm running, um, actually a business that I've just created. It's a new business, so essentially they're not really sponsoring it, but I'm just kind of using this as a platform to plug the business, I guess. Um, the business is called Home and Ocean. Actually, can I get some Can I get some sponsor music over the top of this, just so people know that this is a, a truly sponsored segment? Uh, that's much better. Okay. So Home and Ocean, homeandocean.com.au is a website that I've created basically to replace some of the single-use plastic that you may use in your home. The website's going to open up into a whole bunch of different products, but for now, it's basically food saver products and things like that. So, so if you have those sort of things in your life that you need to get rid of, I encourage you, jump on the website. We've got a whole bunch of products that are going to make your life easier, plus they look amazing. They really work. I vouch for them come and talk to me about it trust me they're all they're amazing the products there are going to change your life hopefully but it's the reason why I, I i got into this type of business because i was just sick of seeing how much plastic was entering our beautiful oceans and i wanted i, I just wanted to do something about that so let's send it back over to you ben back in the studio why thank you ben appreciate that um okay so without all of that blabbering from our sponsor let's get straight into this episode chatting with trent mikalev all right i've got trent with me trent how you going good thanks that's the way uh okay tell everyone who you are and uh what do you do uh so i'm trent mikalev or trent m uh i'm from the south coast of new south wales Oladala. Um, at the moment I'm not really doing a whole lot, sort of in a chill out mode after leaving the Navy last year and, um, yeah. So you've just been chilling since then? Yeah. Um, I got out of the Navy to go travel, do some travel across the world, but, um, just before I left found out my dad was pretty sick, so I just care for him full time and, um, yeah. just use photography as a bit of an escape, a bit of a, bit of a way to... Yeah, sort of forget about the negativity. The world yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff. And you told me that you'd um, just bought a van. Yep. Me, tell me about this van. My Volkswagen Transporter. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sort of still just doing it up with Dad at the moment. Just going to do some road trips up and down the coast. I just got back from a trip up at um, the Goldie for a couple of weeks. Went up and visited my brother. But um, yeah, it's got, got the batteries in the back so that I can charge all my camera gear and just go crash somewhere and then... Wake up if the sunset sunrise is good, then take photos. If not, just go back to sleep. So it works <laughs> out pretty good, mate. The perfect. That's the life everyone wants, all right? Yeah. Oh, good stuff. So tell me about how long how long have you been uh, doing photography? And you do some video work as well. So we'll chat about that at some point. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> probably only, well, really since 
sort of leaving the Navy last year in June, I've sort of been taking it a little bit more seriously, putting a bit more time and sort of effort in because it's a bit hard to do that while I was in the Navy. Yeah. Uh, always had a keen interest in it, but yeah, just never really had the time to um, pay particular attention to it. So um, yeah, and then, oh, well, I bought a drone probably two or three years ago. That sort of um, really got me keen on it. Uh, but uh, yeah, probably only the last year more so. Yeah, getting a bit more serious about yeah. <coughs> Looking into it. So what, and so was the drone was the first serious camera that you got? Yeah. Other than a GoPro, I had yeah. a, like everyone does have a yeah. GoPro, you know, but, um, the first serious bit of gear was, yeah, Phantom 4 that I bought, um, which I just recently, last year upgraded to a Mavic 2 Pro. Uh, so I used that and, uh, I used to use a Canon 70D, but I swapped, jumped over to Sony and I used Sony a7 III. Which no, I'm in love with, yeah. Which I think that's where a lot of people are moving. Moving yeah. their, uh, their Canon gear over to Sony. Yeah, Sony mirrorless. It's the way to go, I think. Good time. So tell me about the rest of your, your for all the gearheads out there. What are, what else are you rocking out? So you've got the Mavic 2. Yeah, got, got the Mavic 2 Pro. Um, so I use all my Freewell Pro filters on that. Yep. Um, for my Sony a7 III, I like because obviously living down the south coast, Right on the on the waters when I uh, and use it, was using my GoPro four. Now I've got a uh, housing for my Sony A seven three, so I use a um, Aquatech housing for that um, with a with a dome port, um, which I use generally just with a twenty four to one hundred five lens. Yeah, for that sort of stuff. Yeah, you get the full range out of that. Yep, um, and. And sorry, you, you you mentioned that you were based on the south coast. Where whereabouts are you? At Ulladulla. Ulladulla. Yeah, it's about three hours south of Sydney. Yep. Um, a lot of people know Jervis Bay. It's about thirty minutes south south of there. On yeah. The beach. It's a beautiful part of the world. That's where we are currently. We're just just north of Ulladulla at the moment here in Mollymook. So that's where I am, and that's why we're chatting today. Yep. Um, okay, so well, let's go back to the drone. Um, what what initially interest you into getting into drone photography uh i've always i like the fact that uh with drones it's a perspective that no one people don't usually get to see um especially around here a lot of the places you actually can't get to just by walking or something so or by car definitely um so having a drone you can i can get just about anywhere in angles that you don't get to see, yeah. um, which I just love that perspective and especially it does a lot of um, um, appreciation for this area. Um, I just lost my... <laughs> you lost your train of thought. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I think that's what I think's where a lot of people start. Like, I, I mean, I have always loved photography and I got into drone photography um, because it was just so unique at the time. And now it's obviously a little bit more saturated and I feel like every... You know, every photographer seems to have a drone in their in their kit, and I think they should too. Yep. Like, if you're just a photographer, I think you should definitely have you know a Mavic Two or a, even a Mavic Pro, like this the first yep, definitely. edition. You should you should have that in your kit because it just adds so much more to it. And so, um, and you shoot uh, on a like the full frame camera. I haven't made the move 
well, I haven't made the move back into it. I've been shooting on a crop sensor for ages and I've shot on full frame in the past and I've kind of went backwards to a crop, but I want to go back into the full frame. Yep. What, 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 what drew you into going into the, cause the 70 days, a, a crop sensor. Yeah. That's crop yeah. sensor. Yep. Yep. Um, and so what, what gave you, yeah, what, <clears throat> what initially enticed you to go over to the A7 III? Um, <clears throat> so I've seen a, a lot of um, people's work that I was seeing was, this is before the A7 III had come out, it was looking at like the A7 S2 and the A7 R2. Yeah. Um, and really going for either of them, like if you're going in R, you're basically looking at going photos. If you're looking at S, you're looking at going video. And I like to do both. So I couldn't make the decision. I was waiting quite a while. And when I was looking at sort of taking photography a bit more serious and and video stuff um, was when I was looking to get out of the Navy uh, just before I was looking to go overseas. And then that's pretty much when the A7 III come out. And um, so I just made the jump. And then uh, a lot of people were sort of telling me to go like a Metabones speed booster like to convert yeah. my canon lenses for the sony but i didn't really have um a whole lot of canon lenses anyway no especially so, if you come from the 70d it's yeah like, you know the crop sensor lenses yeah. so yeah exactly so i just jumped fully over and um you know i've got three lenses with all sony lenses and yeah wouldn't go back i don't think never look back i i feel like i, I i've had a similar journey because you know, I, I couldn't pull the trigger on either the R or the S because I like video and I like photo yep. and either one does one, like probably the R does a half decent job of doing both. Yep. The S really only does a good job with video. Yep. Um, I think the big, the big uh, thing for me in that aspect was price when it comes down to it as well. Um, yeah. A7 III value for money is incredible or like... So I got mine for twenty seven hundred. That was a year ago, and as since you told me before, the <laughs> prices have fully dropped since then. But um, when you're looking at the A seven R, you're looking at I think five five thousand. Is it? Yeah, well, I think they they going for about three and a half now. Yeah, right. Okay. For the A seven R three, and I think and yeah, and I've seen just just recently the um, prices have dipped to. Actually, seen some under two thousand. I saw yeah, wow. saw one uh, for about nineteen fifty, but uh, the the most recent one was just around the two thousand yeah. dollar mark, and That's so crazy. which is unbelievable for really. It's probably the the camera of twenty eighteen. Yeah, like, and like for the price, like it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's um, it's incredible the um the amount of people that are jumping across, and yeah, because I mean a couple of groups uh, for a seven three on Facebook um, and every the, the amount of people that have gone to it from Nikon or Canon um, and no one I've seen that has been disappointed by it, by the change. Yeah. And it, and it, and it is one of those cameras that just does a really good job with both photo and video. And so for these, the, the rise of the hybrid shooter, I think, you know, it's a natural fit for everyone. And I think, I don't know, like my personal opinion, like how I see, you know, companies like Canon, like I've always had a Canon since like, geez, 2001, I think I, I got my yep. first Canon and, um, and I didn't shoot any video then. I think it wasn't, I think to the Canon 
5D Mark II where they, they, they were a game changer. Like the only way you'd shoot video prior to that is with like camcorders and everything. Yeah. And so once Canon released that, that was just like on top of the world and they just owned the market because they had this beautiful photo camera and then yep. you know, added a, a 1080 um, HD option in video, which is, you know, that you could throw, you know, beautiful, you know, soft backgrounds, yeah. you know, the bokeh is just beautiful and you couldn't do that on a camcorder. Yep. And so they changed the game, but then I, th- I feel like since then they just haven't innovated and they've just lost momentum and, you know, Sony's picked up the... Absolutely. I like yeah. the, for the, the quality of um, image that you get for this in the size of the a7 III. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, you can't beat it. Great for anything really. Um, traveling, it's, Still that small that you can yeah, that's throw right. it in your you backpack. Can still and throw it in a small backpack and yeah, you know, a couple of lenses. I mean, the lens pro the, and the lenses seem like every every couple of weeks there's new options out there and there's a whole bunch of third parties that are jumping on board now making lenses too, so you can get them pretty cheap. And so absolutely, mate. Let's see. Um, it's where it's where I'm thinking. I'm in Sony at the moment. I've got a sixty three hundred uh, purely because I'm a hybrid shooter, and back then that was the you know, the best option for hybrid. And then now, obviously, there's a A7 III, so maybe it's time to pull the trigger. It's been it. 12 months or so since it's launched, but I still haven't bought one. <laughs> got to convince the wife. <laughs> well, Sony, Sony, Sony's got to help me out. <laughs> Come on, Sony. Um, okay, so you mentioned Facebook uh, before, and um, if you're not following Trent, he, he does post a little bit of variety on his Facebook compared to what you see on his Instagram, which is would it be fair to say Instagram's your main place where you post most of your work? Yeah. <clears throat> um, as you were sort of saying there, the stuff I sort of post on Instagram, I think these days um, t- the stuff I post on Instagram, I try to put a wow factor. Yeah. Like there's that many photos on Instagram. You scroll through a couple hundred, a couple thousand a day. Yeah. To It's pretty easy to just scroll past it. I think I try and – on Instagram, a lot of my stuff isn't just what I would see when I go down to the beach or anything like that. It's but it's something that I might imagine, and that's what I try to put into my photos. Uh, not in any way trying to say that all my photos are hundred percent real or anything like that. But and then when it, all my photos on Facebook are more sort of local, um, just things that everyone gets to see and and are familiar to them. Yeah, so you're looking for more. Um you know, more realistic type of stuff where you can be a little bit more creative on Instagram. Yeah, just definitely. Just go a little bit more out there, put a bit more wow factor in there, spend a bit more time in your edits and things <clears throat> yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. And and, and even um, just it, it imp- I'm trying to improve my own uh, ways of editing. Um, so not, not all of them are <clears throat> great, obviously, but as long as I'm improving over time and even just my editing ability, um, yeah. as long as I keep improving that, then I'm pretty happy. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, um, when it comes to Facebook, you had a um, you had a shot on Facebook recently. Um, I think it was a, like a shelf cloud that was coming through. Yeah, and that went. It would be fair to say that that kind of went viral. Yeah, it did. So that was um, that was a pretty crazy afternoon. So Josh Birkinshaw, uh, he actually <clears throat> he lives down at Batemans Bay, which is forty minutes south of where I'm from. Um, and so the storm rolled through where he was and he told me about it. So he sent me a message and he said, um, it's going to come through. So I straight away grabbed me drone and 
headed to the lighthouse and put it up and yeah that's when that big storm just rolled through and we got the big panorama shot yeah and it's a beautiful shot so if you haven't uh seen it jump on jump because you never posted it on instagram did you because no like just yeah panorama it doesn't really suit yeah i just chucked it on my story but i didn't um yeah put it on didn't yeah. post it so jump on there and have a look at that. But I think I remember you. T- I think you told me that it's got more shares than it does likes. Is yeah, that right? did. yeah. <laughs> well, at least on so, your account, because obviously it probably got a lot of yeah know, likes on other it, shares and stuff. Yeah, it definitely did. Because uh, Josh helped me out. Josh has a a good following on um, Facebook. He he shared yeah. it, um, and then just a bunch of big pages on Facebook. My my following on uh, Facebook was uh, I think I only had three hundred or something followers, and then. After that photo, I went up to like 700 followers just on Facebook, which was, yeah, um, yeah I think got a thousand, just might have got a thousand likes on my page, but it got over a thousand shares. So, yeah, it was pretty, <laughs> pretty strange. <Just> wild. <laughs> I can imagine if you go into the insights and it will have like something like, yeah, it's, it's know, got a few hundred like thousand ten, impressions yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I think over, I think 150,000 impressions will reach, and I think it got over 10,000 reactions or something. Yeah, that's just crazy. It is wild though. Like it's something you just don't see very often. Oh yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. The the amount of people that all all had the same idea and all the locals that raced to the lighthouse. Um, and then when I even the photo on Facebook, the amount of people putting up um, picture comments of their perspective from where they seen it. It's oh, it's awesome. Some people actually um, a person even in a plane from up in Sydney got a shot of it out the window. It looks incredible. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to look, look that one up. It's um, it's weird because I've never um, I seen I seen a few posts from uh, Kalala Bay from uh, it may have been the same cloud, but and they were pretty awesome. But yeah. I, I've never I don't think I've ever seen one personally. Like, maybe I'm just stuck inside yeah. whenever they whenever they come through. But I think they look great when you're near the coast because it's uninterrupted, right? You look out to the water and there's yep. nothing blocking your vision. You can just definitely you just see this, you know blue sky and then this big storm. Yeah, storm I think it shocked her. There was a bunch of um, scuba divers that were underwater at the time and they just popped up just before it came through and they got the shock of their lives, <laughs> all jumped in the <laughs> boat, raced, coming yeah, <laughs> raced back to the harbour. <laughs> That's good stuff. So uh, in terms of like, I mean, you've only been doing it um, fairly seriously anyway for, you know, a short period of time. Who would you say is like um, inspired you to, you know, push your push your creative boundaries, I guess? Uh, definitely, as I've already mentioned him a couple of times, Josh, he was, because while I was living in Sydney, I first started seeing his work, um, and then sort of got chatting to him and I said, oh yeah, I'll be moving down the South coast, um, pretty soon. Uh, he said, all right, we'll link up and go for some shoots now, become pretty good mates. We sort of go shooting probably once a week. Um, which is pretty good because he doesn't usually give. Most people are talking yeah, about to yeah, shoot with. He, he doesn't um <laughs> doesn't like shooting in big groups. But he um him and I both got um housings, so we we found a pretty good routine in um getting some drone shots um as the sun's coming up and then in the water to, after. And then yeah, jump in the water after and then head down to the cafe after that. So yeah, pretty good nice. pretty good way to spend the morning. Yeah, I think that's the um I think that's the creative um, creative flow, right? Get out, take some shots and go get coffee Yeah, afterwards. absolutely. Then we'll, <laughs> we'll both go home and edit some shots and send them through to each other to see how we went. Yeah. And so who's got the most creative edit at the end yeah. of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good stuff. Um, okay, so talk to me about your um, 
Like, what's your workflow? Like, what do you what do you look for when you go out to shoot? And then maybe after that, we we'll, we can chat about how you go through your post post workflow. Um, like, are you looking at things like the you know the night before or anything? Or? Yeah. So I've got a couple sort of apps where I'll um. So j- I like to try and sort of always do different photos. Yeah. Um. And that's sort of based off, like I love doing drone work and that's probably what I do mainly, but I can't see drones going forever, especially with licensing and there's some people that just ruin it for everyone. So um, at the moment... Not, not naming any names? No, no, <laughs> no not at all. But um, yeah, as I sort of said, like the drone market was very unique, yeah. um, but now um, I think more and more people are getting it. So it's sort of not as unique, but you still got to try and put your own sort of spin on it. But that's why I've got the housing to do different sort of things each time um, and just trying to make myself a better photographer by doing all kinds of different shots. Um, so based on what I'll see, oh, yeah, I've got an app called Ventu Sky um, that sort of tells me all yeah, the different the app. yeah cloud formations and then I've got another app, TPE. Yeah. Um, which will tell me where the sun's coming up and where it's going down, moon and everything. Um, sort of based off that, I'll try and give myself an idea of where I can go um, and what kind of shot I'd like to get. Often it would be just coming from inspo from other people, other shots that I've sort of seen. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just hope. And then sort putting of for the your best. own creative yeah, know, spin on it. So each it. time I'll sort of take a photo, I'll try and imagine where I want it to go um, in, in post as, as I edit. As I sort of take it, I try and um, get the get the light in certain positions, get shadows and, and whatnot. Um, like are you looking for a certain shot when you're out there shooting or you kind of just let, let it kind of come to you as you, you're out there? If I've got a particular one in mind, yeah, we'll go for that shot. But if not, I'll um, just take basically as many as I sort of can. Yeah. Um, I think trying to do as many as I can and then um, getting better at editing so that I am capable of um, sort of taking photos in any condition. Yeah. So obviously it's easy to do easy to do photos um, – in a nice clear day, no, no, um, nothing to get in the way, but to be a photographer, um, you sort of want to be able to do it in any condition. Yeah, really. that's right. Be adaptable and yeah. It's interesting you say that because I mean, like, I went out the other day, um, uh, for the first time in a long time to shoot at midday. Yep. Right. And that's just, yep. you know, for, you know, when you're talking photography language, it's a, it's almost a no-no because it's just the, how harsh the light is. There was Very. not a cloud in the sky as well, so the sun was just blaring. And um, and originally, you know, and I used to shoot pretty much at that time all the time until I realised, hang on a second, how are all these other photographers getting this amazing light? Yep. And it's really just making sure you shoot at golden now. But so going back to the way I used to used to shoot is like, you know, after I've slept in, get out there at 11 o'clock or something and um, – you're out there shooting and I just found it so strange and it's almost like I had to adjust again. I'm like, Absolutely. I'm like, I don't even know, you know, what filter I need to have on this. I'm yep. getting a little bit confused. So it's a bit of a, um, you know, going back 
going back in time for me, like I'm understanding, you know, I've got to, I got to treat this sun a little bit differently. It's not as easy because like the light's not as, you know, just perfect out of, you know, straight out of sunlight. Yeah. So I, like, um, I went to Papua New Guinea two years ago. Um, yeah. my mum was actually born over there. Uh, so I went over there with my family and the entire week we were there, we did not get one day where there was actually good light. It was just overcast, <laughs> just overcast. the entire time. So really I want to, I want to, yeah, sort of get good in any condition so that even when I do go on a trip like that, I can actually still come away with some good shots yeah, and not just have to bin them all because of the Yeah, not just be lot. annoyed and not shoot. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing is, um trying to shoot in all kinds of different conditions is um, a big one that a lot of people go into, which potentially in the future might sort of wedding photography. And yeah. I don't think you can always, you can't particularly say okay. to a couple, oh, it's not looking too good today. Yeah, how will we move it to yeah, tomorrow? It's, yeah. <laughs> and um, that's sort of something that you just got to work with and be, be able to adapt to. Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, I suppose it definitely helps when you're out there shooting, per, you know, for your own personal use yep. and doing that sort of – so have you shot any weddings before? Uh, no, I haven't. I've been asked a couple of times by some friends um, to do video sort yep. of stuff. Um, I've helped out uh, my friends from down here who do um, wedding photography and videography, um, Heart and the Sea, Nathan yep. Jade. I helped them out just – I just shot just a straight – raw clip for um it was actually elopement they just did it last minute down at the beach down here so they just wanted i just did a video that they could send back to their family overseas in england yeah um other than that i i did work experience with um my dad's cousin when i was in year 10 went and shot a wedding wedding with him and did the edit but um nothing on my own i haven't done any independent um video so that's like maybe a, a plan for the future I yeah think. yeah definitely yeah yeah the probably the biggest uh fear in that for me at like is it's a whole different ball game going into <laughs> that you gotta well when i make videos at the moment it's just throwing a song over the top and then chucking some sounds but when you got someone saying their vows it's a bit a bit different it's sort of a thing yeah, you can't you miss. You miss you miss a shot <laughs> when you're out shooting sunrise you know you're you know, 30 seconds later, you're okay, but you miss the vows. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Especially from a video point of view, you know, Absolutely. like, you know, you don't want to, you only get one shot. Yeah. And so it's definitely a different ball game. I've shot a few, uh, when I've only done video weddings as well. Yep. Uh, but I, but I remember the, the first, uh, the, my very first one, it was, I was so nervous. I had to, um, I originally was going to shoot it just by myself. I ended up just, you know, dividing the money that I would have made and I just hired another guy to shoot it with me because I just didn't want to miss shots and I thought if I'm if I'm going to miss him at least hopefully he'll pick up the rest. Absolutely. And so at least I'll have a lot more footage to kind of yeah. use at the end of it. And so I, I did the same thing. I did, a, um, I did a video for Australian Institute of Landscape Architecture. Uh, I did that at New South Wales Parliament House and I was, I was that scared as well that I, um, I had a GoPro on top of my camera just to make sure I thing, and then I also had my phone. Just to phone. make sure it was recording. Yeah, <laughs> and I had my phone just on record near the speaker as well, but oh, it actually turned out. the audio. Yeah, yeah, just to make sure I didn't miss anything, but it, it turned out all right anyway. That was on the uh, 70D, and yeah, it was all fine actually. Oh, the 70D's a great um, video camera. I yep. had the 70D at one point as well. Yep. I think it's a, it's a beauty, the 
dual pixel autofocus. Still probably world class, I think. Yeah. Probably still the best autofocus out there. Yep. And so in terms of like video video stuff anyway. Um, okay, so um, what's the plans in terms of um, wh- where are you looking to take your photography over, say, the next 12 months? You know, we've probably covered a little bit over the last 12 months. Where, where does the future hold? Uh, well... I definitely want to take it. Um, I would like to look at it as somewhat of an income, um, yep. just because I'm a bit limited at the moment with the situation with my dad. Yeah. Um, not entirely, but um, I just it's just a bit hard to sort of do other things. So I'd like to do that. Just that way, I can um, got a little bit more flexibility in a way. Um, sure. I was an electronics technician in the navy, so I've done a little bit of electrical work. Um, on the side as well. Um, but yeah, definitely looking to take my um, photography and video stuff to more of a um, a job-like yeah, thing yeah. other than just a hobby. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I don't ever want to lose um, my enjoyment of it. I don't want to do it because I have to. I want to do it because I want to. So. Yeah. I think that's the um, – I think a lot of people that start getting right into it, they have that desire and I think – Anytime you start to feel like, I mean, for just speaking from personal experience, I know when I first got a drone, I started being, you know, I started getting noticed by a few people from some of the, you know, videos or photos that I produce and then started being, you started getting asked to, to shoot some real estate and things like that. And so, and there was a point in time there where I was shooting quite a fair bit of real estate videos on the drone, um, and taking photos and, and yep. everything and it. And I loved it in the beginning, but after a while it just became a chore. Yeah. And then, you know, when I'd get an email or a phone call come through, I'd just start saying no yeah. for no real reason. Like, and the money was not bad. In fact, I actually started upping my price because I figured I don't really want to do this. So if I'm going to do it, at least I'm going to get paid. And I kind of priced myself out of the market yeah. on it because I just got frustrated with it. And I found that I never started picking up my camera or my drone a lot more. And I felt like this is a passion that I don't want to... Yeah, it's definitely a release for me. Like you know, I have my own business and other things where which makes the money. I shouldn't. I don't want to have to rely Absolutely. on that for it. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, I think my brain's wired for it, and I feel like if there's an opportunity to, you know, to make some money out of your passion and help maybe probably fund the gear because the gear's not cheap. Yeah, that's then, exactly then right. Then why not? And I think I suppose in your your situation, you've definitely got some opportunities with that with a bit of time on your hands and yeah, you know why not? And so. Do you see you see that like as like anywhere you could probably take that, or you you're mainly looking at maybe like weddings and things like that. It's not a lot uh, of um, videographers down this way for weddings, is there? Yeah, um, I there's a lot of Sydney guys coming south. For yeah, it. there is. My my friend Nath, he does he does uh, wedding videos. He does them good. Him and his girlfriend Jade, she does all the photography. Um, but yeah, it's something something I like to, but uh, weddings hasn't really been a big thing for me i haven't really became well, ultimately i'd like to just travel and take photos i think that's everyone's goal but <laughs> yeah, be it's a, not get paid to travel and take yeah, photos. yeah that's it's not always necessarily a reality that can but um yeah i sort of just take it as it comes i sell a couple prints i'm sort of trying to get a bit more into that wouldn't mind doing some markets down here um i've been yeah getting some interest about that um, sort of, we'll just, I guess, take it as it comes. See, but, but I would like to move into 
doing something of that, yeah. Yeah, just pursuing it a little bit more and giving yeah. a bit more of your time and, and, and effort. Putting my, yeah, just putting myself out there a little bit more instead of um, just hoping the sort of things will come to me and magically just happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I think with anything, you know, you're... I mean, the same way that your your photography has grown exponentially by the amount of time and effort and everything that you put into it, I think similar to, you know, if you want to start monetizing that, you know, the back end of your work, then, you know, it, it takes a similar amount of effort. And so in terms of um, like your learning curve and everything like that, so how, how, how did you learn your, you know, your, your skills that you currently have in photo and video? Yeah. Uh, a lot YouTube tutorials um, and also just from photographers such as yourself um, or all, all photographers on Instagram just um, just a lot of the trial trial and error like yep. I'll see a shot and sort of wonder to myself how it's been done and then just go and try it myself try different things and if it doesn't work then I know that that's not the way but um, yeah I haven't done really anything I sort of just been teaching myself youtube and and asking asking others it's it's incredible the support from other photographers that you can get and what they um what you can do for each other really for sure i think we we were just chatting about that before we started recording about how you know the the network of photographers especially here in australia and you know on the east coast here and even the west coast as well actually pretty much all around australia is it's a it's a good community. We're out to support each other, and you know we want the best for everyone. We all you know Absolutely. we're all cheering when someone gets a huge feature or yep. something like that. And so, well, that's that's how I met you, and yeah, yeah, Just that's right. And so, um, but I think as well, like I, I I loved how you spoke about um, when you see a photo that takes your eye, and you you kind of because like, I, I do a similar thing. I look at photos that give me a little bit of inspiration. And although I may not look to produce the exact same image, I just there's certain parts of it that I really get inspired by, and then I start wondering to myself, well, how did how did they how do they do that? And you start reverse engineering yep. it, and then you're you're testing out certain things, you're you're looking at different techniques, and you're looking at things that are done, you know, in camera or done in post or absolutely um, going that way. So I really enjoy that because I think that's the sign of someone that's probably a little bit more aware and they can, you know, they're able to see things rather than just going straight up and copying someone else's composition sure. yep. and just going from that, you're really looking a little bit more deeper through the image. Yep. Well, even it's, it's a, a small example of that is um, until probably six six months ago, I didn't, I had never been bracketing any, any images at all. I didn't even know it was a thing. Yep. And then um, I can't remember how I actually first saw of it and then I looked – I, someone actually someone asked me if I bracket all my images and I had no idea yeah, what they were no talking about so I just chucked it into YouTube <laughs> and I looked it up and yeah that was a game changer blow your mind did it <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely obviously only works in certain scenarios so obviously yeah it's not a little bit harder in like shooting at the beach yeah because yeah, you know you, that timing just doesn't work yeah but yeah definitely it's like you know you're just adding stops to your camera like especially from a drone with you know dynamic ranges yeah. yeah, you want to squeeze every little bit out, and so bracketing definitely helps. Yeah, and I know I know actually a lot of people that just shoot exclusively in bracketing. Yeah, and so because you know they just want to get all the information they possibly can in an image. Yep. Well, that's it. 
That's an awesome one. I think I I think I remember when I first learned about that a few years back as well, and it was it was a similar experience. Like, wow, I'm blown yeah. my mind. <laughs> even even um, because well, I was as we we're talking before, um, with like the Mavic Two not having, um, portrait mode, but yeah, I've never I've never used it because I had a Phantom Four before that, and that never had portrait mode. But yep. everyone that's come across from the the first Mavic. Um, they're all spewing about it, but even just being able to now take a photo and a couple of photos and in Lightroom merge them to make a panorama, and I've never had one come out with a fault. So yeah, it's quite a just a simple thing, but it, especially to get that four or five crop on Instagram, yeah, it's so treat. much easier, right? Rather than cropping down, losing all that resolution, absolutely, you can keep it in there and. You know, and not only that, you've actually made a much higher resolution image at the end of it. So if you want to print it, it's much more print worthy yep. as well. And so, yeah, it's like I'm similar. I've never, I've never owned a Mavic One, and I've shot with it, and I really enjoyed that. I think it was probably the best feature they had <laughs> on there. Actually, I like the um, portrait mode because I think. Do you find yourself that you you're shooting for Instagram? Is that is that something? Uh, yeah, a lot of the time. Um. I would, I suppose, but um, I also like to, especially locally, get some shots that I can put on my website, put on my uh, Facebook so that people can person each, each place I go, um, I like to get just sort of a, a um, sort of a standard photo, like a, um, but then also you get one for an Instagram, bit of a dreamy touch. Yep. Yeah, so something that you can... You know, post for you know yeah. later that day or the next day or whatever you, you get around to editing it. Yep. And then one for um, one for Facebook. Yeah. I um, I I think I do something similar. I um, I generally always I try to. I think who did I? I note I read a blog post from Jay Daly. Yep. And um, and he edits all of his his photos in landscape right through to its completion, and then he crops. Yeah, right. Uh, which sometimes I think is quite difficult. Like I think that's um, – and I've tried to do that, but I I, I generally make two copies. So I'll I'll edit it so. right through and then I'll do a very similar thing with the landscape option as well or whatever the finished panorama is. Yep. And then I'll have one that's good to go because it's all, you know, cropped, ready in the composition that I want for Instagram and then I've got a landscape option there as well. Yeah. And usually that landscape option will either never see the light of day or – it may end up on my website as a print, yep. uh, ready to buy. But I'd say probably ninety five percent of them just never see the light of day, yeah. and they just sit in my own little collection there. And yeah, then the rest go to the Instagram. I tend to do the same. Um, lately, I've been doing um, using the content aware fill on um, Photoshop to drag out to get that four or five crop, even on just a standard landscape shot. Yeah, and um, you're generally using that for like a sky or something. Yeah, or? so. Yeah, um, I'll take a shot usually of the beach, and then it'll have the sky in in it. But I'll just drag that sky out with the content. Yeah, so rather aware than field. rather than cropping in your sides, yeah. you're going a little bit higher with content yeah, aware just to get that bit more in the shot, so I don't feel like I'm I'm missing out or anything. The um, I feel like every time they update Photoshop, the content aware field just gets turns. Even more magic than it yeah. was previously. Yeah, it's well, pretty impressive. I've only, I've only known about that for yeah six months. That's oh, really? Thing, yeah. Yeah, it, it is a very good tool, and it's like, um, 
I don't know how you do it, but it, there's a, like a one-click option. You can basically right-click and just yep. hit it and just, you know, open a box and drop it in there and there, it's ready to go. Yeah. And so Incredible. it's a very, very good tool. So in terms of your post-processing, how does that um, how does that look? Uh, so I've uh, made up a couple of sort of my own base presets. Um, so I'll, I'll take my RAWs into Lightroom. I'll... Um, I'll put a preset over it and see yep. if I think it can come good. Um, then based on that, whether it needs any sort of touch-up or anything, um, I'll reset it back to the raw image. I'll go into um, Photoshop and make the changes that I think I need. Um, and then I'll bring it back into Lightroom. Or in some cases, just depends. Each one varies. Um, some I will edit in Lightroom, um, then take into Photoshop, make the adjustments I need. And then bring it back in for final touches in Lightroom. Yeah. And I found that um, I think a lot of people um, do that. But I think all the people that – there's a big chunk of people that don't, like, um, you know, go between. Like, and, and for me, I do that exact same process. I'll go. I'll start in Lightroom. Generally, I'll, I'll pretty much always do a full edit in Lightroom and then send it over for that, you know, just touching up, you know, a bit of healing here or there, get, getting rid of some seaweed out of there. Yep. you know, water or the sand or something like that and then um, and then just give it its final touch in Lightroom to finish it off and I generally export from Lightroom. Yep. Some people go to, you know, Lightroom to Photoshop, Photoshop and then export and then they're, and they're done. Um, have you Is that a learning process for you? Have you been doing that for a while? Uh, yeah, it is a learning process. Um, even just being in Lightroom, the little shortcut of... Um, Command E to take it straight across Photoshop. I was probably a year ago, yeah, that process would be completely different. Um, but now um, it's pretty much like a loop, a closed loop that I can go in, um, take it into Photoshop, make the adjustments, save it, and it brings it straight back into yeah, Lightroom. Brings the adjustment. automatically, yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely been something that I've been, um, that's been a process that has definitely become more efficient. Yeah, and what? How long is it usually? What is it? What does your timeline look when you're editing a, a photo? Like, how long do you usually spend on? Um, generally, not too long, but there are some photos that I'll um, I'll sit on for quite a while. Um, I sort of consider it like um, Simon Clayton SG dot yep. LC. He um he said it in one of his podcasts once. Um, he he likes to shoot and then come back to the photos not not straight away, like not shoot and go straight into editing them at home. Yeah. Um, sometimes come back to them after a couple of weeks or – and then you sort of feel fresh and, and ready. Um, so some, And then some some I'll be working at for ages. Some I'll, I'll do a bit of editing and then not still fully happy Maybe with not, it. I still think it, it can yeah. – yeah, I still feel that you can get a bit more out of it. Uh, so I'll leave it and then just sort of come back to it. Some, some are just that naturally good. You can bang yeah, a couple preset of, on couple and that's it. Yeah, adjustments and then and then that's it. She goes. And yourself? Yeah, oh, I, I, um, yeah, very similar. I think I um, there's definitely ones that that I'll come back to and I'll look at it and then you know as your skills improve, you come back to it and go, okay, this is maybe something I could do with this and make it make this work. Um, and then other times it's just like. I generally, generally, um, and this might freak people out. I generally spend at least 
probably half an hour, 40 minutes on every single image when it comes to at least Instagram anyway. And I think um, whereas sometimes with Facebook or actually just with Facebook, it's the only other place I really post apart from a few other random apps. Yep. Um, yeah, Facebook sometimes will be um, the same image just in a landscape or sometimes the portrait. Um, but um, yeah, maybe a little bit natural and less less creative probably. Um, but um, yeah, I think I generally generally spend at least half an hour, 40 minutes on every single shot. And then other other ones may go for a couple of hours over the space of months where yep. don't feel it, come back to it, and then I'm seeing something. And also I think what I tend to do is even when I've finished editing an image, I won't post it until I've had a break from it. Yep. So yep. And, and if you ever see me shooting one morning, you almost will never see me post the same day. I'm like never. Yep. Because I feel like for me and just to – I want to post my best shots generally speaking when it comes to Instagram. And so I don't always – oh, well, actually I'll never post the same day. Yep. I say very, very rarely, probably 1% of the time, 99% of the time I'm not. Um, and so I'll edit it, I'll finish editing it and I'll leave it sometimes and then I'll come back either an hour or two later or even the next day and just look at it with fresh eyes as if I'm someone who's appreciating that image for the first time. Yep. And and then I judge my reaction there to what, what I need to do yep. if, I, if so anything. Awesome. If I look at it and go, wow, then I'm happy and then I'm good to go. Yeah. And so I, I think that, that yeah. break there really helps you to look, come back to it and look at it with fresh eyes. And I think that's not for everyone, but I, that's just my my personal yep personal way of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, as in, yeah, I know what you're saying because there's some shots I'll even if I just scroll through my own Insta, there's some I'll look at and I'll be, <laughs> I might even archive them, which I have done just because <laughs> yeah. I'm just not completely happy with them. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one because I've felt the same way. Um, and I don't think I've ever archived them. I almost feel like I want to keep them there because I want to, I want to see, see the journey, right? Yep. I want to see. And so if anyone wants to go back and scroll, and I don't post a lot, like, I, and yep. especially in recent times, I've been pretty flat out. So I don't post all the time. Um, and so, you know, I look back and you can definitely see there's a journey there. There's a, there's a, there's a way that I used to do things and things were very cringeworthy back then. And back then I loved it, you know, I, um, but I think now I look at them and go, you know, if I gave myself just a little bit of time on them and just, you know, finish editing, yep. leave it, come back, have a look at it. Because I, and, I, and it's something I took from my video editing because video editing is one of those things I almost never will, you know, if it's for a job or whatever it might be, I'll always have to leave it and come was, back to look at it. I was just about it. to ask you that about what is your, <laughs> is your process the same for video editing? Yeah, and that really filtered into photo editing um, because before that it would be like just – edit the photo, 10 minutes later, it's good to go, post it up, get rid of it. Um, and then, you know, watch the likes come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. but, um, and then over time I realized, you know, like I'm, I'm coming back to it and looking at it and I'm, I'll look at the posts I posted last night and, you know, I shot it an hour before I quickly edited it and then I threw it up and I look at it, you know, a day or two later and I look back and go, how did I not see that? Why didn't I edit that yeah. out? Or why didn't I, you know, why did I, why did I do that? Why did I post it? it? wasn't ready to post or I'm not happy with it now or something like that. And so, uh, but from video editing, I've always kind of had that. And so I think the more that I got into editing videos, the more I started thinking about how that process could probably translate into photo editing as well. And so, 
But I haven't uh, done a lot of video work in recent times. Like the last few years, I've spent a lot of time video editing, but in recent times, it's been much less. So um, I feel like I'm taking probably tools from my photo editing now and every time I edit a video, I'm thinking about that type of process. Yeah. I find um, I find doing editing videos, you um, you have so much more creative um ability because you got you got the audio which um is awesome like the sound design you got a song then you can bring in your own different sounds to um and some videos i could be working at for weeks well in fact my video from bali is still coming that was october last year and i'm still still working on it well i still just every now every couple weeks basically i'll have a look at it and chip away a little bit more but um I find a little bit frustrated. Like, I personally get more satisfaction from a video that I make, um, and it might take me a long time to do. Um, and I know posting on Instagram isn't all about likes and that, but I could bang out and edit on a photo within five minutes and get yeah one to two thousand likes maybe on mm-hmm. a good photo. Um, and then I could be working for weeks on a video, throw it up, and it <laughs> doesn't really <laughs> do very well on Instagram. So it's pretty frustrating, but still, I find um, making videos so much more rewarding. And oh, for sure, I feel like I feel like a good video stands the test of time. I think, yep. um, <coughs> unless it's like super gimmicky, where you're just dropping heaps of just transitions in, and and yep. yeah, because transitions generally, if if a video, a short video is super transition heavy, it's probably going to date pretty quickly too. Yeah. Um, whereas just, you know, if you've got good content, good story and like, I think photography is definitely storytelling, like good photography is storytelling, I think. Um, but with videos, you know, you can just really open up the emotions of a viewer. Absolutely. And so it's something that like, and I completely agree with you. There's, there's some videos that I've created and none of them made my Instagram, but if you do follow me on something like uh, Facebook, you will see some of them where I've put my absolute like you know, heart and soul, you know, sweat and endless nights of editing. And I spent like literally probably there's some videos I reckon I've spent over a hundred hours just editing like a five, 10 minute video. Um, for, you know, there's a few different subjects there, but ones that are, you know, close to my heart and then they just do not resonate with anyone yeah. else. Um, I but I mean. look at them and I still feel the same way when I watch them like a year later and I'm like, wow. Yeah, and I remember it brings the feelings back. And most people that watch it, when they do tell me, they they get a similar feeling. But you know, sometimes it won't. It won't. It just won't reach as many people. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because it's still the satisfaction of completing it and making it something like that. Yeah. I think it's um, anyone can edit a photo and throw it up in Instagram, but not everyone has the ability to edit a good video. Yeah. And so it's, it's definitely a skill that's it comes a little yeah. goes a, a few more dimensions. As you say, you know, you got. You've got the the visual content. You've got the yep. audio. You've got um, sound effects, like yeah. which is separate to audio. Um, I love I love the um, the feeling of hearing a song come on, and you straight away can know uh, like where you've seen it on a video. A lot of yeah. the time, it comes from I hear a song read from Sam Calder's video, and yeah. it'll just so good. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that's something that I spend a lot of time doing actually and I don't know how long you, you, you go about. Where, where do you get your audio for your – so you just 
find it from wherever. Or? Oh, so I subscribed to um, I think called Artlist. Yep. Um, I think it was two hundred dollars for the like year. year subscription. And yeah. yeah, they've got a bunch of stuff on there. If not, I'll just sort of get some no copyright sort of stuff. Yeah, royalty free stuff from yeah. You know, YouTube. I've got a whole bunch of channels there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I've got a Artlist subscription too, and then there's. There's also like even on SoundCloud you can get some some really good artists that just yeah, drop right. their stuff on there too sometimes. Uh, that's how I used to, but it's such a slow process trying to find someone that has because yeah. a lot of them they won't have the license, so you can just jump in there and use. And um, but I think when I've when I've got a video and I'm editing it, like I, you know, my wife can attest. Like there's sometimes she'll just she'll hear me listening to music for a good five hours straight, just trying to find that perfect. Yep. song that keeps like pace and all the rest of it to you know throw on the video but when you get it right it just yeah oh, it's a know. whole new like oh yeah it brings this thing to life definitely yeah that's good stuff all right so how long have we been chatting for it's just under an hour now um i've got i've got a question for you do you do you use twitter <laughs> twitter at all it's an no, interesting question because i've actually only just started using twitter yeah. Um, How do you find it? Uh, it's a learning curve, I think, for me. Okay. Um, I know, you know, I think it's, I think it's a thing with most Australians that we just don't use as much Twitter as we do other forms of social media. But I am because I think I look at it from a different perspective, right? And I and I think I've learned this from a whole bunch of other people. Whereas, you know, if you want to grow, you know, if you want to have your art or your your stuff seen, I think you've got to be able to put yourself out there and, you know, I wouldn't say like flood places, but really like allow for some of your work to be seen in other areas. And so that's purely the only reason why I wanted to go on Twitter, apart from, you know, being able to see some updates from people that I really admire and everything, um, you know, in a different form and a different, um, you know, forum. Yep. Um, I wanted to be able to show my work there too. And I think it, you can reach new new people that's why i'm on things like day flash as well okay and so um i share my work there so if anyone's on day flash come and look me up um uh i share my work also on only just recently literally like in the last probably month on twitter and so and then um facebook as well like you have only just just begun to grow my audience on facebook because I, th I think there's there's an element of shareability there that doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah. Maybe Twitter probably has that. There's like, um, you know, things can things can kind of take off through, you know, retweets and stuff. But yeah, um, the thing I found interesting with Twitter, because um, I haven't got to, uh, Twitter. Yeah. Actually, I, I signed up to it, but I have ne I have never used it. But when um, those couple of weeks ago, when uh, Instagram went down, the People went to Twitter to find out the information about it. Yeah, and so everything. No, was on well, that's Twitter. right. You know, like, and, and that's where a lot of people go. I think I, I did the same when um, the World Cup was on, and I had a subscription to the Optus thing, and it went down. I'm like, and there's no news articles written then because yeah. it's immediate. Like, it's just gone down, and so the only place you could find information was Twitter. Twitter. And so, yeah, that definitely opened up my eyes, and I think, yeah, like, oh, geez, I'm. I, I can only imagine how many people went to Twitter when Instagram went down. Yeah. Everyone's worlds was caving in. It was good. I actually enjoyed that, actually, that period of just <laughs> time out. <laughs> Not everyone does, but 
Um, yeah, so you're not on Twitter? Where, no, where else I'd, are you? I'd so like like to, uh, at the moment, just um, Instagram, Facebook. I've got a website, but I, I probably haven't worked on it since probably like September last year. Yeah. Uh, so that is a, a goal um, in the next couple of months, trying to get that up, up to, to date yep. and then up to scratch. Um, Twitter, we'll, we'll, we'll try and jump on there as well. Day Flash, I have heard a few people on there, but I have I have would have no idea what it even is to be honest. Yeah, it's it's basically just a uh, photo sharing app, but it uses the full screen and it's all HD, so everything gets loaded and it's all pretty high quality stuff. So, and you know, sometimes you post something on um, <coughs> on Instagram and it will compress a little bit. Yep, and you just you don't get that from Day Flash. Okay, I think that was one of their you know unique selling points to it. But I just kept on getting asked to join by a few people that are, I follow. Yep. So I thought I'll give it a go and, you know, and then actually Dayflash themselves, uh, after a few people invited me, reached out to me and said like, oh, can you, can you join? And I was like, yeah, all okay. right, there's enough people asking me, so I'll give it a crack. Yep. And so there's probably a lot of people listening to this that maybe never even heard of it. Yeah. Um, and I don't use it very often, but I'm still there. Like you'll see a lot of my work there still. Yeah. It's kind of like I want to make sure my work is in as many places as possible. And I think yeah. um, not only that, like, I, you know, if you if you want to insulate yourself and your work, you need to have things like your website up to scratch. Like you own that. Like that's not going to go down. You've You've got your own property, whereas – you know, people are complaining about Instagram algorithms all the time or even Facebook algorithms. They did well back in the day. Um, and so if if you're not playing in a few different areas um, and also if you if you can be first on something that can really take off, I think there's huge benefits. The people that really succeed are the ones that, are, you know, yeah, that adopt early and just give it. And you don't have to put all your time into it, I think. I think if you just give a little bit of effort and especially if you're just sharing photos and something like that, it's an easy one-click upload for a lot of these places, so yeah. you should definitely spread some eggs out, and then you never yeah. know. Never know. Dayflash might be the next Instagram. Yeah. Well, another one. Just as we're talking there, I I use um, Vimeo. I don't know if you use Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah, I use yeah. Vimeo as well. Um, probably not as much as I would YouTube or anything like that. Okay. But Vimeo, especially from a like professional point of view, it's definitely valuable. Yeah, like sharing I, your work I, and I think. Like um, because I have a cousin who is actually into video production. Um, yep. And when I was talking to him, like, we sort of chat about video stuff um, every now and then. He said, um, make sure you get your stuff on Vimeo and get on there and just have a look. It's like a videographer's playground on there. And sure. um, I went on and just some of the stuff is incredible. Like, Yeah, I get intimidated sometimes to go on there yeah, and just look at how much really, talent... Oh. sitting on that place because there's some really good films on there. Yeah. You know, short films, Very long films, like whole, like the whole variety, everything. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's um, like I said, I, I, I use, um, I don't upload anything to YouTube, but I do go on it a lot. I think every person does. Um, but on Vimeo, there's a lot of stuff that you wouldn't even see on um, YouTube. It's yeah, sort of just right. a different creative edge that a lot of people... Um, yeah, have. I, I think YouTube's just like a place for everything, right? Whereas yeah. I think Vimeo definitely lends itself to a lot of either commercial or creative, yep. like super creative, you know, film work, you know, video, video in general. But um, YouTube's like a bit of everything, you know. You got people, you got kids unboxing toys. You've got, um, you know, you've got what's that? 
that Momo thing. You've got all oh, sorts yeah. of you've got all sorts <laughs> of stuff happening on on YouTube. It's uh, it's definitely a playground for everyone. Whereas yeah, Vimeo is definitely a little bit more yeah you know, centralized. And I'm sure Vimeo at one point in time they probably would have loved to become a YouTube. But, yeah. Um, you know, that's a place I'd love to do more work with on YouTube. I think it's definitely it definitely has that ability to to go a little bit viral if you can produce some good work on there. For sure. Um, I got a video on there that that did like fifty thousand views. So, oh yeah, which and I which fully video? did not expect it. It was actually um, uh, a pregnancy announcement video for our, our third, oh, no third baby, and so we just chucked it up on there so other people could see it. And then next thing you know, it just that's awesome. Took off, and and the worst part about it is. Because I, please don't look it up if you just don't. Because I, yeah, it's one of my <laughs> one of my worst videos. If if there's yeah, anything, go to, to go, go to my Facebook page and check out those videos. I'm much more proud of the ones that sit there <laughs> than that that pregnancy. It's it's a good video because it's got memories to it. But oh, I cringe, especially because I I speak in it and I don't enjoy that. But um, yeah, I think everyone should be playing in a few extra different areas. If you're just solely on Instagram. Should spread your eggs a little bit. It's one of the reasons why I'm, you know, we're creating this podcast now. Yeah, um, you know, I want to, I want to be able to reach different, different mediums, different ways of, you know, reaching places. And I think you can, you can broaden. Plus, there's a great, great opportunity to learn, you know, and learn different, different things. And you know, media is such a huge part of my life that you know, why wouldn't I want to, you know, play in a few different extra areas? So, um, what about like vlogging? Would you? do that as a like i did at one point yeah so um yeah i went went pretty hard with vlogging for oh actually when i say pretty hard i had like maybe 30 vlogs yep um and i was pretty impressed with it but i look back now and i can see where i've definitely been influenced by you know people like casey neistat and things like that yeah and i still like and i i'm i'm still proud of what i produce from a vlogging point of view but um, and now like, and if you look back as well, if you go through all my videos there, I've got a few vlogs and then I've, I started moving into more like cinematic type of vlogs and I still produce those now and I love doing that. It's something where it's, you know, a little bit of mixture between beautiful imagery, um, beautiful cinematic, um, like overtones, cinematic music and everything like that. And then a little bit of, you know, talking to camera stuff, talking head stuff and, I really enjoyed that because then you get you get a bit of a balance. You get to know the person who's behind there, yeah, as well as you get to appreciate some, you know, some skills that you th- you can throw through your cinematic work. And so, sure. people that can do that really well, I really admire. But yeah, I think I'd, I I definitely would like to do that a little bit more, even if maybe some tutorials and stuff as well. I don't know, but it's definitely YouTube's the place where I want to play out a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Is it something you've thought about? Oh, I've definitely thought about it. Of um. I've thought about it heaps, but um, to be honest, I I don't think I'll be able to handle it because I I can't Talking stand. To camera. I, yeah, I can't stand <laughs> hearing my voice back. Even when I hear this, I'm gonna hate it. But I but for for those that obviously can't see us, so like I've um I've given Trent the the headphones so he can hear himself. So so that way I, I know that he's he's talking into the microphone properly. So you're you're the one hearing yourself. <laughs> yeah, it sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds terrible. I think everyone does, right? Everyone oh, hears I themselves. Um, and I think like I knew when I first started producing my first few vlogs, and I'd watch them back. I get a little bit of a cold sweat going. Oh, who is this guy? He's an imposter. Yeah, he's not right. a vlogger. He doesn't he doesn't know what he's talking about and everything. And so, but after a while, you just get you get a little bit used to it. Yeah. So you, when I've watched yours, you've been 
look comfortable and do it well, I'd, I would just be each, I'd be doing like ten takes of it and not liking one. They'd all just get thrown in the bin, I reckon. <laughs> well, it, it's well, it's true, right? Like I don't, I don't. Not all of them are like one take. That's for sure. Yeah. Like a lot of them, um, I'll do. You know, three, four times. Yeah. And if you see some of the outtake reels, there's some profanities in there. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely something I'd, I'd like to try. And, and maybe over time, it's something that we'll get just used to. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, it's definitely something I really want to do. But I just think I've got to get over that hearing <laughs> my voice back, I think. Well, I think it's like with photography, like for, for me, there's like, I shoot pretty much every style of photography. But pretty when it comes to my Instagram, there's only a very certain style there, right? And so, and I think it's for a couple of different reasons. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not getting bored with just producing the same sort of content, but at the same time as well, I'm interested. And I think if you can learn these different genres of like, you know, you know, portrait photography or, um, landscape photography and, um, you know, even street photography and stuff like that. And I shoot all those things. And I, what you see on my Instagram is the stuff that I feel like I'm, I've, I've reached a level that I'm super happy with. Like I don't feel like I would say that I'm expert or anything like that because I always feel like better to be on that learning curve. Um, but I feel like that's probably where I'm more comfortable than things like street photography or uh, portrait photography. Like I take a lot of portraits of my wife. We even did some today but they'll probably hardly ever be seen. You probably see them on her, her um, profile but never on mine. I just – never as comfortable i think and i think yep. but i still want to learn that because i think it'll make everything that i produce better yeah i i definitely agree with that i've um that's a yeah i'm saying that's why i'm trying to do um even going to underwater photography um that's a whole different thing <laughs> that's it's yeah um when i was getting my setup um well, using GoPro, point and shoot, quite simple and like yep. easy. But then when I went to get my setup for the um for the housing, like what what um what do you want to shoot? And I was like, oh, bit of this, bit of that. And they're like, oh, well, you can't just do all of it. It's not like GoPro. You got to use this lens, and it's a whole different thing. And then when you get in the shots, especially underwater, because it's all just pretty blue. Going to edit it is a whole other thing again. And, yeah, white and balance is a yeah, whole new game under uh, there, right? And that's um, yeah, learning to edit that as, as you said it it's um, it improves my editing in all other genres as well. For sure, it's it's the area that I've I've earmarked probably for the next twelve months is something that I really want to try. Um, I mean, you know, you just have to look at my feed to understand that I love the water, but it's all shot, you know, from dry land. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'd love to get in the water. I mean, I, I'm I'm in the water all the time anyway. But I'd love to get in there with the camera and I just feel like that is such a foreign place for me right now. Um, and I, ch- I chat to some people who I feel like are doing a really great job at it, like yourself included, and I uh, look at that and I'm like, oh, I'm so inspired by that. And I feel like I'm so nervous because, you know, I don't know how to read the surf as well. I don't know how to, um, you know, I don't know which areas to go. And So is that something you um, look to do? After you get a, if you get a Sony A7, or is it? Yeah, would you just so. go it with a GoPro? I, I think I probably start, like, and I have shot with a GoPro before underwater, but yep. um, I think I probably will start with like a GoPro or a phone or something yep. like that. Just to ease my way in, I think. Um, I don't know, like 
to be fair, that's probably not my style either. Though. Generally speaking, I just go the whole hog. Like my yeah. first drone was an Inspire One. And I'm yeah. like, you know, I had no idea and I've just spent five grand on a brand new drone. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. I think the way I'm saying it now, I'd like to just get in with maybe a phone and then um, or maybe a GoPro. And I've chatted to a few guys. I've got some really cool, you know, housing, yeah. you know, triggers, things for GoPro. And Have I don't you, know. That looks like a great option. So Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, Ryan Panofsky? Yeah. I was just chatting to Josh about, uh, about him this morning. Yeah. I went to yeah. school with him. Um, he's... He's a he's all tr- he's all iPhone, right? True, so all iPhone. And he's his, all, I never shot his, iPhone. His stuff is incredible. Yeah, for sure. And that just goes to show that it's not it's not like obviously I bought a big expensive camera, but it's not all about the camera. He's just he's got a talented <laughs> eye, and some people do, and some people don't. But yeah, yeah, I believe in that as well. Like you know, it's not about the gear. But then sometimes it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you agree know? totally. Because like there's certain things like you can make things work. You can tell a story with, you know, with any camera, you know, you know, the old cliche of, you know, the best camera is the one you've got on you. But you'd still prefer a better one <laughs> if you got it right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. If you if you could get one with a few extra stops of dynamic range, why not? Yeah. yeah. If you could get like better low light, why not? Yeah, but low aperture. You know, I think both arguments suit. I think the gear does matter. Like if you're trying to produce, there's only certain things you can produce with with crap cameras. Yep. And then the good ones can produce so much more, and they sometimes make it a little bit easier too. Um, but you know, it isn't always about the gear. You can still produce great work, like he yep. does with an iPhone in the water. Yeah. In places. Well, I think the, um, like with gear, you look at the new. Um, GoPro Hero 7 and the Osmo Action, the stabilisation on that, that Incredible. definitely improves. I don't know what wizardry is happening in yeah. both of those. Like, the, when the GoPro first launched, it's like, these are, like, better than Gimbal. And it's just all software. Yeah. It's pretty pretty incredible. Very. I, I was... I'm not spewing. Uh, I bought a, um, a Zion Crane 2 yeah. um, for my Sony a7 III, which... The stabilizer itself was nine hundred bucks. Where I could have gone and got pretty much two um, Osmo actions with <laughs> stabilization, just as good. But it still doesn't have the doesn't have the camera quite have the it? camera. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Who knows? Like, what's what's the future hold for? I think you know they they may start doing some software stabilization um, for you know these larger cameras because I think if they're including it in these tiny little packages. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before we said we've seen it in smartphones and never as good as these, you know, um, GoPros or the the new Osmo. But we've seen it in in phones for for a while. Software stabilization. I think it's just it'll be the next step. I'm actually surprised that there's not a lot more. I mean, you can do so much more on a phone than you can with a camera that costs you know five times the amount. A little bit annoyed that those things aren't. <laughs> Why can't you post Instagram directly from your camera? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, at least send it directly to your, you know, have a direct link to your, like an airdrop to your, to your computer, your laptop. Yeah. Like why, do, why does that exist? Why are we still using SD cards and, you know, and other memory cards for our cameras? Why, why isn't the internal storage like come standard? Yeah. Like drones have got internal storage now. Yeah. Well, I can go... Um, live on Facebook with me drone, yeah. As as you as you can, like it's yep. pretty pretty incredible. Have you been live on your yeah? Own I've drone done, it, done it a couple of times. I I I'm not sure if you can do it 
I'd like to be able to do it through my actual photography page. Yeah. Um, I've only ever done it through my personal page. Well, that's, I think, the problem Like they haven't included. Because I've done it before, but it's only through your personal page. Yeah. So I'd love to do it through at least that. Or even or Instagram. Instagram, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, right. that's exactly what, what I What's going on there? Yeah. Really? I think that would be an incredible feature to be able to do that. That would think, be amazing because um, it still takes the audio too. I yeah. actually um, – the one I did on my um, personal page with that, like I actually just ended up doing a little mini tutorial because people are commenting back going, yeah. I don't know, like, you know, asking me questions and I'm, so I'm like, all right, well, let's just do that right now. And so that asks for like, you know, what a what type of camera movements do you tr- look for when you're doing, you know, video with yep. a drone? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, these are the ones that are, you know, the standard go-tos and there's a couple of other ones that are a little bit more – um, complicated, but you know, for, from I just threw up a few, you know, and I could do it live there and then, and people are watching it, you know, me at the beach. Yeah, I think so. it to if you were able to do it on Instagram, I think it'd be incredible. As you were saying, that you don't post um, on the same day, but I think to be able to, like, if I could see a big pot of dolphins down here, which I often do. To see that live in the morning and yes. then see that post come to life that night, I think would be a, a cool, just a more personalised, oh, so that sure. people think that they were they were involved, sort of thing. No, that like you, you're talking directly, like you know, and people yeah. are hearing you. You're seeing them comment back. Well, that's um, I've never actually been live on my account, but I'd, I'd yeah, I'd never I'd just keep forgetting about it. Yeah, <laughs> I've never I've never been live, but that um, that's sort of how that's uh, storm photo. That's how I had that posted within half an hour of actually taking the photo. Yeah. I raced home straight away. But I think it, for something like that, it had, there's benefit to yeah, it. Yeah. Right? You know, that's, I think how it got, went so, so quickly um, is just cause everyone was still seeing it cause it was still, it was yeah. still working its way up the coast. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it did so well. Yeah. That's good. That's amazing. I'm sure there's probably a way that you can live stream from a drone to Instagram. If anyone's out there, please let yeah, me know. <laughs> I'm sure there's smarter people out there than, than us. But that would be amazing. I'd love to do that. You'd see me go live all the yeah. time if that was if that was the case. You know, just getting that extra perspective live is is pretty awesome. Yeah. I've seen um, uh, Jess, Adventures of Jess in um, Hawaii go live on a phone underwater. And so that's oh, pretty yeah. awesome. So. Yeah, yeah I, she, didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah. And that's she still awesome. gets signal under the water somehow. Yeah, well. So, I don't know. They must have some pretty awesome towels there in Waikiki. (laughs) (laughs) Living the dream. Anyway, we've been chatting for way too long. It's been going forever. Um, Let everyone know how can they how can they find your work? Where do they where do they find you? Tell us us where you live. Physically live. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So on Instagram, Trenny underscore M T R E double N Y underscore M. Um, On Facebook, just Trenny M. Um, same as Vimeo and then, um, yeah, all my information's there or just on my website, trennym.com. Good stuff. Thanks heaps for having me. Trenny, good to have you on. It's been a pleasure. And there you have it. That is Trent Mikalev. What did I tell you? I told you he was a nice guy, didn't I? I'm pretty sure I said that at the start of the episode. Anyway, uh, really appreciate Trent taking the time out to speak to me on the podcast really is a good guy so please do go check out his profiles also if you do like this podcast and you want to hear more of it i encourage you to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast there should be an option for you to subscribe 
uh, we are available across a whole bunch of different platforms. So it helps me know that people are listening. And while I'm at it, there is a link in the show notes that if you would like to send me a message, uh, you can record a voice message and send it to me and I can put it onto the podcast. Otherwise, feel free to reach out to me uh, on Instagram and we can discuss anything at all or any questions that you might have uh, going forward. But until the next podcast, I will see you later.